News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. On the Mark is powered by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area at 221 North 36th Street, Quincy. Faith, family, and giving back. That's Cunis Country. And now, here's Mark Hespin. Good morning, Tri-States, and wherever you may be listening on the News Talk 1070 KHMO app, I am Mark Espin. This is On the Mark, brought to you by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Your trade-in has never been more valuable than it is now. Go see my guy Jason Buxman and the family over at Cunis Country, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Tell him Mark sent you. Um... Can you believe last week at this time was Halloween? <laughs> Does that seem like a, a, a millennia ago? It's insane, everything going on uh, in the country this week. So uh, I, I promise you we will not talk about maps, uh, states, and the, the numbers that we will focus on during the show uh, have everything to do with uh, touchdowns. And not uh, ballots. Uh, it's it's been an exhausting week, but I uh, appreciate everyone for tuning in, and hopefully we can uh, get your mind off of everything going on in the world right now for just a little uh, a little bit. As we sit here on Saturday morning, we don't know who the next president of the United States will be. Probably won't know for a while. Uh, that's just the way it goes in 2020, apparently. Uh, and so uh, I I, I want to uh, obviously start episode 61 as we always start these shows. Uh, with Hespin's headlines. Uh, so let's just dive right into it. Hespin headline number one. Hespin's headlines on the mark. We are officially now halfway past the NFL season. Look at us. Clap it up. We did it. Uh, it's also a sad thing because we realize, man, the NFL season's flying by uh, as we are about to kick off week nine in the NFL season. Uh, I want to take this first part, this first headline, to just address the fact that it's crazy how we could be halfway done with the season and how obvious four teams have separated themselves from the rest of the NFL. There are four teams, uh, two in the AFC and two in the NFC, it's kind of worked out perfectly in that way, that have really just separated. Uh, I, we, what we've seen from them is more than what we've seen from everyone else. Um. And, and I want to be clear in saying this. That doesn't mean that I'm sitting here predicting, well, this is going to be your AFC and this is going to be your NFC championship. No, because we have so much football left to go halfway done. But it is striking how at the halfway mark, it's so obvious where we're at. Things can change tomorrow. But as of right now where we sit, it's pretty obvious. And I'm talking about in the AFC, Pittsburgh and Kansas City, and the NFC, Seattle and Tampa. So let's go back. I want to take you back to August 29th of this year. Uh, August 29th, when we did the show, episode 52, I made my AFC predictions, okay, like 10 weeks ago. And in the AFC, uh, I predicted Kansas City would be the number one seed, Uh Baltimore would be the two seed, uh, Buffalo the three, Tennessee the four, and then my wild cards were New England, Houston, and Pittsburgh. So that looks pretty good at this point, right? I, I mean, Kansas City's rolling. 
Uh, Baltimore looks like they're going to make the playoffs. Tennessee looks like they're going to win their division. You know, Indy's getting feisty. Uh, Buffalo certainly seems to be in control of their division. Uh, and then Baltimore, Pittsburgh, I, you know, I got that wrong. Flip them. I had them both making the playoffs. I liked Baltimore a little bit more. A lot of that was just because we didn't know what we were going to get from Big Ben. But then Houston, New England, I flubbed on that. I flubbed on it. Uh, and that's okay. We can live with that. We can live with that. That's that's pretty good. Uh, and then uh, the following week on uh, September 5th, I made my NFC predictions. And I said that your uh, one seed was going to be Seattle. Yeah, yeah. I said the two seed was going to be Tampa. Tampa. Oh, okay. Look out. Look out. Three seed, Philly. Now, I, I did – the Philly's going to be the four seed because they're going to win the NFC East, hopefully. If I can't imagine anyone else winning that division at this point in time. And I had Green Bay winning the North. Look at me. Hey, 10-6. and six. And then the Niners, New Orleans, and Chicago being your wild cards. And as of right now, I feel pretty good about that. I still feel pretty good about, uh, except for the Niners. The Niners are now dead after Thursday night football. They're dead. But New Orleans, Chicago, and then maybe it's the Rams or Arizona. Feeling pretty good about that. So, let, so eight weeks ago, nine weeks ago, before the season started, we had pretty good predictions of where the season would be now, right? So now that we are halfway done and we see where we're at with the standings, we can pretty much predict. I think we can we can pretty much accurately predict where it's going to go. And I'm not going to say this is set in stone, but the four teams have separated. Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Seattle, and Tampa right now look like easily the four favorites to win a Super Bowl. I would be shocked if one of those four teams, as of right now, if you were to tell me, hey, one of those four teams doesn't win the Super Bowl, it's, it's, a, it's another one of the other 28 teams besides those four, I'd be pretty shocked because it, it, they have all separated. Pittsburgh has separated. Their defense is so elite, even missing Devin Bush. They make the trade from the kid from the Jets. Uh, they have their own uh, backup linebacker look great in, in fill-in duty in the past couple weeks. Uh, Pittsburgh offense is rolling. Their wide receiver core is so talented. Uh, James Conner is uh, an, such an underrated back. Ben seems to be their biggest weakness, and you're talking about a Hall of Fame quarterback that already has two Super Bowls being their biggest weakness. Uh, that is, that's incredible. When you say to yourself, "What's the biggest weakness for Pittsburgh?" Pittsburgh, uh, kind of their Hall of Fame quarterback. You know, Pittsburgh's in a really good spot. Conversely, for Kansas City. Their defense has been playing much better the past couple weeks. They're getting, uh, they're racking up stats against bad opponents. They are in the weak part of their schedule, so they're stacking on wins as they're by, uh, fighting for that one seed. And Mahomes now has the luxury of two elite running backs. I mean, Le'Veon Bell coming into the system has looked great so far, easing him in, taking pressure off of Clyde Edwards Alaire, and it's freed up Alaire. To be brilliant. I mean, Alaire just continues on this tear of his rookie season. It's kind of a bummer uh, that Burrow and Herbert are playing so well offensively for the rookies. Uh, Justin Jefferson, too, in uh, Minnesota. want to give him love. But Alaire, I mean, is going to be one of those guys that doesn't win an offensive rookie of the year or rookie of the year, but is putting up numbers like he should. Uh, so when you say, what's Kansas City's weakness? Oh, a defense that is getting much better and is really coming into stride. Uh, again, they're built for a, for a deep run. And then the NFC, conversely, you say, okay, Seattle. Seattle and Tampa. Tampa's weakness, I would argue at this point in time, is health. 
They haven't uh, they haven't been able to consistently stay healthy at the wide receiver position. They're at their skill positions. You know they lost OJ Howard, uh, but they're bringing in Antonio Brown to give them depth uh, for Godwin as he's coming back from the the finger injury and and Evans whose hamstrings have been not great all year, but defensively they are electric. Uh, they can win games just with their defense. And Tom Brady is really coming on of late. And I get it. There is people are you know worried about Tampa a little bit. Such a trap game for them on Monday Night Football. I, I I really am not worried about Tampa at all from that. And in Seattle, their only weakness is that they haven't been able to get off the quarterback. Well, they get Jamal Adams back, the guy who leads them in sacks, and they get Dunlap. I, I mean, um, uh, Atkins. You know, this is a this is a Seattle team that uh, now is really coming into form, and I think defensively you're going to see improvement, like Kansas City's, and also their schedule. Uh, for Seattle, lightens up a bit. So I really think those are the four favorites. And if you were going to place money uh, that w- that uh, uh, you have to pick one team to win the Super Bowl right now, I-, I don't see how you're not choosing one of those four. Now, as I said at the beginning, we have a lot of football left. And by this time next week, something could drastically change. I'm not even going to mention injuries because I never want to wish that bad juju on anyone. But this can always change. And I'm not writing off these other couple teams. I think Green Bay, Baltimore, Tennessee, Rams, Bills, New Orleans, Indy, Arizona, all can make real noise. And and it wouldn't shock me. I, I would put Green Bay and Baltimore and probably Tennessee and the Rams on the just outside looking in. They would be that next group of teams. Where I'm like, you know what? If they won the Super Bowl, now, a little shocked because they got some real holes, but I, I can see how. You can convince me that McVay and, and, and Goff, they get it right with the run game continuing the play action game and their defense makes plays. I can, you can convince me that they upset a, a Tampa and a Seattle and make their way in and somehow, uh, steal a game playing really good playmakers making plays against a Pittsburgh or Kansas City. I can see that. You can convince me that Aaron Rodgers stays ridiculously hot. The revenge tour. Uh, that they find a way to compete against physical teams and they st- they they work their way to a Super Bowl. You can convince me of that. Baltimore, Tennessee, same thing. They're like the same team. You can convince me that they play their defense. Uh, Tennessee's defense plays better on third down and they run the ball down your throats to a championship. Same thing with Lamar Jackson. You can convince me that he gets hot, the MVP. Uh, they pass the ball more effectively and their defense uh, shuts people down. You can convince me of that. I'm not going to convince myself of that versus what I've seen for the first eight weeks. The elite four in the NFL right now, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Seattle, Tampa. And I can't wait for eight weeks from now for us to be like, okay, how did that turn out? You know what I mean? (laughs) Let's look back. Let's turn back the clock to November 11th, episode 61 of On the Mark, and see how that turned out. Uh, So there you go. That's that's Hesman headline number one. I. If you got a strong argument for one, uh, one of the other teams that's not those elite four, hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Hespin and let's debate it. Uh, convince me of it. I'm open to it. All right, Hespin headline number two. Hespin's headlines on the mark. The NBA is back. <laughs> yes, the NBA, which just ended a month ago, will be back. Next month. Uh, this is crazy for the NBA. Uh, they agreed to a December 22nd start uh, with a 72-game regular season. Uh, and 
no bubble, and a lot of this is money driven. I mean, the NBA probably uh, had you know when they had their meetings with the NBA PA and the owners group, they probably just said, "Look, guys, you know this bubble was fun. It was great. It salvaged some money, but we're going to lose." millions upon millions upon millions of dollars if we don't start the season before Christmas. And that only affects your pocketbooks as much as it affects our pocketbooks. And listen, I mean, these guys are athletes, they're pro athletes, they play for the love of the game, but money is a huge factor. And it's the same thing with the NFL. I mean, why did the NFL push through? And we're seeing it right now with teams, some teams ravaged with COVID, uh, the the Bears, they talk about it this week, offensive line issues, the the, uh the Raiders with their uh, fines, uh, Matt Stafford probably going to miss this week because of COVID uh, when he didn't even necessarily test positive. It's going to be funky. It's going to be wonky. Uh, you could always uh, – we've had this argument before. I'm, I'm okay with talking asterisks um, just in the sense of not like, oh, they didn't legitimately win, but they won in a year where there was chaos and there was uh, uh, an extra outside force and factor. Now, the NBA, it's going to be tough. I mean, if you get one of these major stars, go down with COVID for a couple weeks and they have to miss time, it's going to be interesting to see how the NBA handles this. But they got to get going, especially because the NFL has already claimed some Christmas Day TV stuff. They're playing on Christmas Day. You know, the, the NBA has got to reclaim some of that turf and that money lost. Now, uh, this also means over the next couple weeks, we're going to talk more NBA. Why? Because the draft is the 18th of November, coming on up, 11 days from now. Free agency is going to start soon because they agreed in a date of start. You're going to see some moves being made here. Lakers player in free agency. And what does this do for the teams that you think are going to stand pat? You know, you got new coaching staffs in in Brooklyn. Do they go after some free agents? Uh, Philadelphia, new coaching staffs, uh, new uh, new GM uh, in areas in Houston as well. What do they make moves for? The Lakers, obviously. And then finally, with this um, NBA season starting so soon, and um, the lack of time off, especially for a team like the Lakers that just won the championship and the Heat, who were there playing to these last days. LeBron tweeted, you know, he subtweeted, or I think it was on his Instagram story, you know, kind of the shaking my head emoji when he found out that they agreed to this 20-second start. Now, I find that's a little bit of LeBron hedging his bets. If LeBron James did not want the NBA to start in the 22nd of December, they wouldn't have started. I mean, let's be real. They wouldn't have started. If LeBron was that adamant, they wouldn't. Have, it wouldn't have started. I think that's LeBron a little bit like, shaking the hand behind the closed doors, and then publicly, oh, man, this is awful. My old legs, and I'm so tired, and I just carry my team to a championship, which he did all that, and he has every right. And that's why load management is going to be a real thing in the NBA this year, and I'm not going to shame any one of the teams for doing it. If you're LeBron, Kawhi, Giannis, uh, these teams that have real championship aspirations, Jimmy Butler taking some night offs, it's going to happen, and I'm okay with that. And we as, as fans, we can't be too hard on these guys for that. At least I won't be. You know, I will implore you to understand where they're coming from. And also, God only knows that they're going to have people in these stadiums. I think we're going to see empty stadiums to start a lot of this. It's just the way it goes. So, again, it's going to be a funky year. But they got to start this year on time because the Olympics happen in July. 
They got to be done by the Olympics so uh, some NBA players can participate in the Olympics. You're not going to see the big names going because what's going to happen then? They start their season again in October. I mean, this is going to be an unprecedented amount of basketball in such a short amount of time. Um, and I and I think that uh, it wouldn't shock me if the uh, NBA and a lot of the big time players do not play in the Olympics next year. And this is all these dominoes starting now. So it may seem just like a trivial thing. Oh, the NBA announced they're going to start December 22nd. But it's big. And the ramifications of it will go into the 2022-2023 season and the Olympics next summer. It's all big. So we'll keep our eye on it. We'll keep you updated. And uh, I can't wait to see uh, what moves get made here. Draft, it's going to be fascinating. And for the teams that didn't play in the bubble, the Chicago's, the Detroit's, these other these other teams, they have kind of a huge advantage in this weird way of they're going to be so fresh they can take the league a little bit by storm. They're going to be no load management. These are going to be guys who are playing for contracts. Have it, they're hungry as all get up. They haven't played since March. They're ready to go. I can't wait to watch it. All right, that's Testament Headline 1 and 2. When we come back, Week 9 NFL Preview, a full slate of games. You don't want to miss it. We'll dive into it. We're live and local. It's on the mark. Brought to you by News Talk 1070 uh, on News Talk 1070 KGMO. Brought to you by Cutest Country Honda Hyundai Faith Family Giving Back. You've got a lot. Age Larry Elder. Larry Elder here, the sage from South Central, the Prince of Pico Union, the Czar of Common Sense, the Great Elderski, Don Lorenzo. Welcome to the program. No victocrats allowed because we've got a country to save. So let's get her teed up. You want to play rock? Say hello to my little friend. What the hell's going on out here? It's the Larry Elder Show. Weeknights at 6, weekends at 5 on KHMO and KHMORadio.com. Monday on Adams and Agriculture, we'll have the national weather forecast, plus a look ahead to the lame duck session of Congress and the impact of changes in congressional ag leadership. Be sure to join us Monday on Adams on Agriculture. Well, welcome on KHMO and the free KHMO mobile app. After the fill. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> I, jumped, hey, I jumped the gun. I'm excited. We got NFL Week 9 to talk about. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. On the Mark brought to you by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai. Ask them about their complimentary lifetime powertrain warranty. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Tell them Mark sent you faith, family, giving back. That's Cunis Country. Just shop online like I did. CunisQuincy.com. Okay, so let's jump into it. Week 9 NFL preview. A lot of games to get to. Um, teams on the bye this week, the Bengals, Browns, Rams, and Eagles. Thank goodness we don't have to watch the Eagles play this week. Oh, man. I'll, I'll, quickly, I'll say about Thursday Night Football, um, good for the Packers. I mean, I didn't learn anything about them. Beating up on a really, really, really uh, lackluster C team for the 49ers. And for the 49ers, uh, this is a chance for them to really kind of just establish, you know what, this season's done for us. We, we, we done. Uh, I mean, maybe if Jimmy G can come back next week or the week after, but now with five losses in the NFC, the wild card race, uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, they're going to have to get to 10 wins somehow, I think. Nine, definitely. Um it's going to be it's going to be tough. And so if I'm the Niners, I start to slowly pack it in. You know, pack it in. See say goodbye to this season. I mean, I I told you from day 1, as soon as Bosa 
Thomas went down with those ACLs against the Jets. I mean, it's, they're, they're not a Super Bowl team. But now it looks like they're not going to be a playoff team. With the amount of injuries in the COVID, uh, 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 COVID numbers in their team just uh, against that game against the Packers did not happen. For the Packers, like I said, I didn't really learn anything. Yeah, Rodgers looked great. He always looks great against bad teams. So we'll see. All right, uh, moving on this week, games this Sunday. Broncos-Falcons, noon slate. This, to me, this is going to be one of those games where I need to see. This is all Drew Locke. The whole focus of this game has got to be Drew Locke. Is he or is he not the guy? Can he go down to Atlanta? Bad defense in Atlanta. Coming off a nice comeback win against your division rival in the Chargers. And you string together some wins. Can you get, you know, can you show Denver, hey, you don't need a quarterback. Build around me. I can be the guy. And if for you're the Falcons, again, this is all, these are just guys they want to put up numbers you're auditioning. Matt Ryan's auditioning to keep his job in Atlanta for another year while they draft a, a young guy. Um, Julio Jones is auditioning for, hey, I'm still uh, one of the top five wide receivers in this league. Get me another contract on another team in the future. And so it's nothing for them. I, I like Atlanta's minus four uh, at home. I think the Broncos' defense is good enough to cover that. I don't know if the Broncos win, uh, but I, I would take I would take the Broncos in the four. Uh, Bills Seahawks. This is a great game um, at the noon slate. And if you're a Bills fan, this has got to be one of those games where you you don't have to win it because I think you you're in a solid spot. But remember, I mean, you've already lost to a lot of other contenders. You, you you lost to Kansas City. You lost to Tennessee. So if you if you're looking to say, hey, we want to move into that Mark Super Bowl four bubble, this would be a huge way to do it. An impressive home win against the Seattle team. I don't think they do. I think Seattle comes in here and takes care of business. Uh, Russell Wilson, uh, DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf has just been incredible. Russell Wilson is on his MVP train. I don't worry about the Seahawks going early uh, East Coast game. The weather's not actually going to be that bad in Buffalo this weekend, so I don't think that's a factor. I like Seattle to win, uh, but if Buffalo can find a way to, to, to pull this game out, it would do a lot for them and my confidence in them going forward. Bears-Titans. So the Bears' offensive line was a mess. It's going to be even more of a mess on so their third center. They're having uh, COVID issues uh, through the offensive line right now. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, the backup quarterback, is not, he's good day to day. I don't even think he's going to suit up for this game. This could get ugly quick for the Bears. That being said, <laughs> when you think it's going to get ugly for the Bears, and every time I think to myself, Mark, don't choose the Bears. Don't, don't do it. They get sneaky. I, I think the Titans win this game, but the number is six and a half. So this is actually, my upset of the week because I think the Bears cover. I think this is a field goal game. I think the defense comes out. And they commit to stopping the run. I think it's one of those games where you're just like, man, oh, man, Eddie Jackson. Kyle, you remember how many studs Roquan makes a play. Cleo Mack makes a play. Defense knows they're going to have to play big. Um, I, I'll, I'll take, I'll, I'm going to take my, my heart out of this. Trust my head. My head says the Titans win close. They don't cover, uh, so uh, prove me wrong, Bears. And uh, if they do, it's going to be, be all because of the defense. All because of the defense. Uh, Ravens-Colts. This is a, another one of these sneaky good games. Um, the Colts, 5-2. and two. Ravens, 5-2. and two. This could be one of those games where you're looking at wild card playoff positioning. 
And if you're the Ravens, you've now lost to uh, Pittsburgh. You've now lost to Kansas City. That's why you're not in the Elite Four. Can you beat up on a really good Colts team? That's what I want to see from the Ravens. And for the Colts, can you prove that you are now uh, one of those teams that just deserves to be just on the outside looking in of that Elite Four? I think it's fascinating. I think it's a defensive struggle. I just think the Ravens' defense can get after Phillip Rivers, even though I love the Colts line. And Phillip is so immobile. And the Ravens are a type of defense that flocks to the football, flies around. I like the Ravens in this game. It's even. If you can get the Ravens at even, take it. Take it, take it, take it. Um, I like the under in this game, too. It's 48. I think it's like 2017, 24, 14. I, I think this is kind of ugly. Smash mouth football, some turnovers. Uh, Panthers, Chiefs. Chiefs host the Panthers. Oh, a weird little, like, don't, hey, the Chiefs, this is that weird part of the schedule, right? You beat up on the Jets, you stay home, you're you're well-rested, healthy at home. The line is 10.5. I think that's an appropriate line. I like the Chiefs something like 30, 20, something, something along those lines. Uh, again, if you're the Chiefs, you want to run the ball, Beat up on this pan- bad Panthers defense. Don't let Christian McCaffrey come back and have an otherworldly game uh, defensively. But Chiefs should take care of business easily. The key to the game is making sure you can get after Teddy Bridgewater. Get the ball out of his hands quick. The last thing you want to see is deep passes to Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. Because the Panthers do have guys that could take the top off your defense. So get to Teddy Bridgewater. Get him on the ground. And walk away out of there with an easy dub. Don't don't scare yourself. Don't make this game a heart attack game if you're the Chiefs. Lions, Vikings. I actually love the Lions in this spot. I really do. Uh, but then they lost Matthew Stafford. So then that threw everything out the window. This would have been a if, if Stafford was playing this game, this would have been a total Lions game because uh they had a weird loss to Indy. Vikings, huge season, you know, saving, not like they're going to make the playoffs, but season saving, like energy win against the Packers. Total letdown spot. But the Vikings, uh, if they lose to a Matt Staffordless Lions team, oh man, that's brutal. That's brutal. Now, Matt Patricia, it looks like he's going to keep his job through the season. They'll fire him after the year, especially now that they don't have Stafford, but, uh, take the Vikings in this, um, with no, with no, uh, Matt Stafford. It is just, not a lot this Lions offense can do. Washington Giants. All right. This is my toss-up of the week. When there's two teams that are just this poopy, I don't really know what to say. I mean, the Giants look good, but now they're on the short week traveling. Washington off the bye. They're healthy. I lean Washington, especially because they're favored by two and a half. I think Washington wins by a field goal, so I would take Washington in the two and a half. But, man, it's just a toss-up. If Daniel, I do think Daniel Jones, here's my problem. When, you're, when you don't know what to do with a game and you're picking games, what do you do? You look at the head coach or the quarterback, right? You say, well, who's got the better head coach? Who's got the better quarterback? Well, Washington's got the better head coach, but the Giants have the better quarterback. I'll take Washington because I like their defensive line. Did it get after Daniel Jones? Make a mistake. Oh, it's just a poop game. Uh, it's just uh, it's not fun. Now, another poop game in the noon hour tomorrow is Texans-Jags, and it's my lock of the week. Texans going to win this game. 
first off, hey, the Jags are in full tank mode now, and uh, without Garner Menchu, they're starting some seventh-round kid. It's just ugly. The Texans have too many guys, too much talent to lose to Jacksonville, especially when Jacksonville is not trying to do anything uh, but lose games at this point. I mean, they are in full tank mode. So lock of the week, Texans. It's a lot to swallow seven to give me a bad team. I don't know if I'd swallow the points. But if you're just money line, that's a lock. Texans win. Uh, Raiders, Chargers. All of a sudden, this becomes a really important game for the Raiders. Uh, and when it's an important game for the Raiders, that means they're probably going to lose. I actually like the Chargers in this. It's even um, the Chargers coming off that weird letdown loss. Again, giving up leads. Uh, division rival, uh, the uh, Broncos. They get the Chargers in town. Uh, the Raiders in town. I like the Chargers defensive line against a bad Raiders offensive line that's got some pieces missing still due to COVID shaking around. And the Raiders, um, their strength is is a strength for the Chargers defense. with The deep ball and the wide receivers. I think the Chargers upset the Raiders and the Raiders stay in this, you know, quest to eight and eight. Um, but, but if the Raiders can win this game, all of a sudden now the Raiders making a real push. For a wild card spot, remember they already have the win over um, over the Browns, so they have some positioning there. So big game for the Raiders, but because it's a big game for the Raiders, I like the Chargers. Maybe that's weird, but that's just my thought on it. Cowboys Steelers again. Steelers, this, it cannot. I almost put this as my lock, but I, I the, the Steelers cannot let themselves get caught up here with the Cowboys. They can't let themselves. I mean, we don't even know who the Cowboys necessarily starting a quarterback. They the Steelers have got to get in there and just this has got to be a stats game and and pull your starters by the by you know midway through the third. If it's anything other than that, that's a real problem for the Steelers. Uh, Dolphins Cardinals. This is going to be the game to watch in the three o'clock hour. Uh, again, Dolphins four and three, well positioned in the wild card hunt in the AFC. Cardinals five and two, well positioned in the wild card hunt in the NFC. Important game for both teams. Two young quarterbacks, Kyler and Tua, guys of similar stature. Uh, Kyler's another world athlete. Uh, Tua's got to prove that he can be extremely accurate at the NFL level. Cannot wait to watch this game. I like the Cardinals at home. Uh, I think they have um, a, just a, a offensive weapons that Tua doesn't have. And so I think they're going to be able to move the ball and, the, and a good Dolphins defense. But this is going to be a fun game to watch. I cannot wait to watch this game. I'll take the Cardinals. Saints, Bucks, love the Bucks, love the Bucks. Rainy, hot outside in Tampa. I think they run the ball on New Orleans. New Orleans beat the Bears last week outside, but man, Drew Brees outside just doesn't look the same. I mean, he doesn't look great in the dome. And outside, it could be bad conditions. Uh, I get they're going to get Michael Thomas back, uh, but the Bucks adding A.B., I think they are going to look to sh- put away that poopy performance against the Giants on Monday Night Football. Love the Bucks in this spot, four and a half. I- I'll even take the points. I think the Bucks win something like 30-21. Uh, I love the Bucks in this spot. Maybe I'm wrong, but I really do. And then uh, finally, Monday Night Football, Patriots-Jets. Um, for the Patriots, this is a hard spot to be in because it seems as though the Patriots are now trying to trying to get draft position. Seems as though they're not trying to win. But Cam Newton 
is playing for a job. He is playing for his NFL life. And you have got to put up. I don't care if you lose to the Jets, if you're Cam Newton. But you have got to look like Superman again. If you don't look like Superman against these Jets, I I don't know where, where Cam Newton's playing football or if he's playing football next year, especially as a starter. He has got to look like Superman against these Jets. We'll see. I like the Patriots. Cam, this is all eyes on Cam. Is Superman in the building? Is he in New Jersey on Monday night? We'll see. Can't wait to find out. That is your Week 9 NFL preview here on On the Market, News Talk 1070 KHMO. Brought to you by Cunis Country, Honda, Hyundai, Faith, Family, Giving Back. Follow me on Twitter, at Mark Hespin. Let's talk and bet sports all weekend long, if you're in Illinois, at least. We'll have some fun with it. And um, and uh, add me on Twitter, at Mark Hespin. Talk football all weekend long. Coming on up, talking NASCAR and college football, a lot of both. Stick around, live and local. It's on the mark on News Talk 1070 KHMO. You've got a lot of... I usually run into your wife Susan here at the supermarket, not you. Susan had to find a part-time job. Ever since we retired, it's getting harder to make ends meet. I mean, look at these prices. I know. Have you heard about BenefitsCheckup.org? BenefitsCheckup.org? Yeah. BenefitsCheckup.org is a free website where people over 60 can see if they qualify for help to pay for food, medicine, even utilities. BenefitsCheckup.org has helped 7 million people get $30 billion in benefits. Are you sure it's not a scam? Listen, BenefitsCheckup.org is run by the nonprofit National Council on Aging. It helped me get $1,200 a year in benefits. See ya. I'm going home now to visit BenefitsCheckup.org. Wait, you can use it on your smartphone, too. And it looks like you've got the time with this line. Hmm... BenefitsCheckup.org helped me. Maybe it can help you. I'm a wife, a sister, and a grandfather. I'm an office clerk. I'm a research analyst, dance fitness instructor, actor. I'm a copywriter. I'm a veteran. I have lupus, cerebral palsy. I'm blind. And I'm working in a job I love. I love. Because I was given a chance to contribute my skills and talents. To show that my disability is only one part of who I am. Who I am. Who I am. At work, it's what people can do that matters. For more information, visit whatcanyoudocampaign.org. JC Parts Home today with highs around 74. Winds out of the south, 8 to 15 miles per hour. Lows around 56 tonight. Clear skies and quiet. Partly cloudy skies tomorrow. Highs around 74. Sunshine mixed with clouds at times. Monday with highs in the mid-70s. Chance for scattered storms Tuesday. Right now, 52. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app brought to you by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai. They have over 3,000 new and used vehicles to choose from. It's as simple as this. If you're in the market for a new vehicle, you have got to check out Cunis Country at 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Uh, they got uh, just saw on Facebook yesterday like eight new 2021 Palisades in. Uh, tell them Mark sent you CunisQuincy.com, CunisQuincy.com. Faith, family, giving back. All right, so NASCAR. I want to take a couple minutes here and just say first and foremost, I loved NASCAR as a kid. It was one of my all-time favorite things to watch in the summer. You got baseball, you got NASCAR, and then, you know, football would start. You, You know, it's hard to watch on Sunday, especially back then when you only had one TV and you didn't have multiple things. 
And, and I'll be honest, my love for NASCAR, my following of it, has died off over the past couple of years. A lot of that had to do, too, as well, when Dodge left uh, NASCAR. I'm a Dodge guy, um, brand loyal guy. You know, I got my uh, Dodge Ram from Cunis Country. And, uh, and, and so, uh, but I've always, I, I've, you know, always been a fan of the sport. And, you know, and when you have a favorite driver and, you know, I loved Dodge and I love number two because of the, they were Dodge and Miller Lite, my favorite beer. And so, you know, I, Brad Keselowski, I've been following his career for the past couple of years. And, you know, when you have a driver to root for NASCAR, it really wrote you back in. And then when the pandemic hit and everything shut down and NASCAR was one of the first things to come back and they, came back in such a strong way and they came back in such a safe way and then the way they responded as an organization as a entity um to everything with a bubba wallace and the banning of the confederate flags i don't want to dive in all that you 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 know my thoughts and that we talked about that on the show before it, it really inspired me to to you know keep following nascar and then the fact of the matter is, you know, this is the first time in the past couple of years that I've really followed the playoffs. And the playoffs are so brilliant. It, it, it makes it so exciting. It makes every lap matter so much. And you see those point totals. You know, you think it's exciting watching the, you know, the votes come in and the tallies, you know, the pluses, the minuses, gaining votes. That's how it is in NASCAR with these, you know, points to make the next round, points to make the cut, the cut. Well, we're now down to our championship four. And I think it's so cool. Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, Brad Keselowski, Denny Hamlin. They're all tied with points. One of them, whoever finishes with the best finish this Sunday at 2 o'clock at Phoenix, is going to walk away the champion. And NASCAR does such a great job because, really, there were five drivers this year that were by far and away the best in the field. And I've been watching pretty much every race, especially since the restart over the past, like, four months. And Logano with three wins, uh, 11, 11 top fives. Elliott with four wins, 14 top fives. Keslowski with four wins, 12 top fives. Hamblin with seven wins, 17 top fives. And then Kevin Harvick, who just missed the cut, and that was such an exciting end to that race in Martinsville, watching Harvick try to make the cut line um, and kick out either Hamlin or Keslowski with nine wins and 20 top fives. So you really... You, you argue, oh, well, the playoffs aren't that fair because, you know, a guy can like, you know, who had a bad, you know, not as great of a season, he can win. Well, the way it shaked out this year, pretty much the best drivers who had great seasons all year round, they're the ones with the chance to win it now. One of these guys is going to win it. And for Logano and Keselowski, who Keselowski won in 2012 and Logano won the championship in 18, it's a chance for them to put themselves on that exclusive list. You know, a lot of guys have won one championship, and not a lot of guys, but that's a hard thing to do in in NASCAR. It is not easy. All-time great drivers like Rusty Wallace, Dale Jarrett, Labonte, uh, Kenseth, uh, Kurt Busch, Kevin Harvick, they've only won one. But if you can get then into that group of two, and less than ten guys have won two, and put yourself up there with Terry Labonte and Kyle Busch and Herb Thomas, uh, Buck Baker, and and that puts you at that level then where you're saying, oh, this is now starting to be in that rarefied air if you can then get to three or four uh, and so on. And so it's huge for Logano and Koslowski in that way. And then for Denny Hamlin, who's a guy who has racked up so many wins, 
one of the elite drivers in the sport, for him to get into that pedestal of getting one. I mean, he could be a Hall of Famer without winning a championship. So for him to get one and for Toyota, uh, the one, the lone Toyota driver in the top four, uh, it'd be such an accomplishment for him, especially now what he's doing with Michael Jordan and, and, uh, maybe eventually, uh, moving on from Stuart Haas racing. Uh, I mean, from Joe Gibbs racing. Uh, but anyways, uh, so huge for Denny Hamlin. And then, of course, Chase Elliott, the young guy, his dad, all time great driver. Can he ascend to be the next guy? He seems to be the guy for Hendrick Motorsports who's going to really be uh, up in the ante and, and carrying on this legacy. And um, for Chase, it's it, it's uh, you know such a young guy. He can be like Brad when Brad won eight years ago. Establish yourself as one of the young uh, but legit stars in this in this uh, sport. So can't wait to watch. I got money on my guy, Brad. I can't wait. It's a good track for him. Uh, if Phoenix has won there before. It's exciting, man. It's great racing, and they're going to leave it all out there. It's uh, it's winner it's it's winner take all. And um, Elliot, I think, starts on the pole. Uh, it's going to be fascinating. Can't wait to watch. It'll be my uh, it'll certainly be my second screen while the Bears are on screen screen number one uh, come Sunday. And uh, again, shout out to NASCAR. They've done it so well. The way they've handled uh, coming back since the pandemic, uh, the way they've uh, evolved, uh, willing to grow, make changes. I mean, just fantastic. I'm, I'm back in as a fan uh, for a long time right now. That's for sure. All right. Uh, when we come back, we will dive into the world of college football. Get you ready for a huge weekend of college football. The Pac-12 is back to wrap up the show. Don't go anywhere. It's on the mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO. Brought to you by Cunis Country, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. CunisQuincy.com. Faith, family, giving back. That's Cunis Country. You've got a lot of... ...is a severe lung infection. Trust the American Lung Association for science-based public health information, especially for the 36 million Americans who live with lung disease. We have resources to protect your lung health, access expertise from medical professionals, and peer-to-peer support through our online communities. Visit lung.org for daily updates or call 1-800-LUNG-USA. Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Country, Honda Hyundai, and their complimentary lifetime powertrain warranty. Tell them Mark sent you faith, family, giving back. That's Cunis Country, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Visit them online, CunisQuincy.com. Your trade-in's never been worth more. I'm telling you. All right, uh, college football Saturday. Huge Saturday because... The Pac-12 is back. So we got a, a, a couple big games I want to talk on, at least give you some thoughts on it. Uh, 11 a.m. kickoff right away. We get started with Michigan-Indiana. Uh, this is one of those, it's a total gut check for Michigan. Can Jim Harbaugh prevent the wheels from totally coming off this thing? Michigan's uh, Michigan's season now is, is staying undefeated. I mean, uh, not losing another game until they play Ohio State. And then can they upset Ohio State? That's their season. So 23 Michigan losing to number 13 Indiana. The the rails could come off really quickly. And if you're Indiana, this is your opportunity. What a recruiting opportunity. What a chance for you uh, to grow your program and and get a massive, massive win, uh, uh, an upset win. So um, 
That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, the other game in the 11 a.m. hour, obviously, USC-Arizona State. First of the Pac-12 to really tip off. And, and if you're USC and Arizona State, this is a huge game for both of you because who's going to be the team that can challenge Oregon? Which of these, uh, you, which of these other Pac-12 teams is going to show up and say, hey, if we go undefeated and we beat Oregon, maybe we have a chance, uh, to make the college football playoff. Uh, USC certainly has a chance. Uh, can they, can they put a whooping on Arizona State? Texas, West Virginia, four and two, West Virginia, four and two, Texas. Texas is back into the rankings, so that's never great. Um, hey, listen, Texas, big upset win, um, over Oklahoma State. They have got to find a way. Tom Herman has got to find a way to not lose another game this year. So it's always it's big when Texas takes the field. Getting into the later slot, mid-afternoon, Georgia-Florida, five versus eight. Neither team can afford to lose this game. And both teams, if they have any chance to sniff the college football playoff, need to run the table. So huge game for both of them. I love Florida in this game. Um, I just think uh, it, Trask is the is the better quarterback but Georgia's just got so many athletes. Uh, so for, and it's at Georgia. Uh, great game to watch though. It's going to be a lot of fun. Huge for both of them. Um, when we keep on going as we're looking through the slate of games in the afternoon, um, it all culminates obviously with two big games in the evening. Clemson, Notre Dame, one versus four. No Trevor Lawrence. So this is Notre Dame's chance. Notre Dame can lock in a college playoff berth, honestly, if they beat Clemson and they beat Clemson convincingly. And I don't even have to beat them convincingly. They can lock in a college football playoff berth if they beat Clemson and go undefeated. This is it for Notre Dame. They've got to win this game uh, for any chance of, of the playoff. And also I just think for they don't have their best player and, and Clemson – this is the only time they're going to be slightly vulnerable. And if you're Notre Dame, this is your chance for recruiting national TV on NBC. It's a huge game for Notre Dame. I like Clemson to win, but it's a huge game for Notre Dame. Uh, and if and if Clemson loses, don't get me wrong, they're going to be fine. They'll make the playoff. Clemson will be a one-loss team in the playoff if they lose to Notre Dame and they uh, without Trevor Lawrence. Oh. If they then run the table when Lawrence gets back, Clemson's in. So for Clemson, this is more just about, hey, we want to keep proving we're more than just Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and then finally, the other the other big game, uh, Oregon. We get to finally see number 12, Oregon. Oregon has the best chance of the Pac-12 to represent in the college football playoffs. So for Oregon, can you beat up on the rest of the Pac-12? What is you, What are you like post-Herbert? Uh, and uh, for them, they are the chance for the Pac-12 to represent into the college football playoff. They could go undefeated and not get in. If you're Oregon, you're rooting for Clemson tonight, for sure. A lot of teams on the outside looking in are rooting for Clemson tonight because a one-loss Clemson team, if their only loss is Trevor Lawrence list to Notre Dame, they're in. And then if Ohio State, Alabama, no, you know Notre Dame, like that, that can we could have the college football playoff solidified if Notre Dame wins tonight. I'm serious. So if you're Oregon, if you're uh, any of those one-loss SEC teams, um, one-loss Big 12 team, you you are all in, all in on uh, on uh, Clemson tonight. Uh, that's going to do it for me. That is on the mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. We will see you next week. Uh, and obviously, thank you so much.